In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be reviewing the matches against Spezia and Roma. We'll be previewing the upcoming games of the Champions League against Real Madrid and the Serie A against Cagliari. This week's Moji, Moratti and Frog and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, on El Centro Inter. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavalloi Ruzzari, welcoming you back to an absolutely wonderful episode, we hope uh, you you feel, because we're feeling very, very good. Everyone is Mr. Positivity this week. Um, I think I can say without having double-checked with our panelists, but before we get into all that, let me introduce said panelists, starting with the Semperinter.com preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. How are you doing today? I am uh, doing very, very well, uh, very happy and elated uh, with yesterday's performance and uh, last week's uh, result and looking forward to hopefully topping the Champions League group uh, you know, for the first time in as long as I can remember. Yeah, let's. We, we, we will get to that. We'll definitely get to that as well. Um, let's. Uh, let uh, also joining us today is our good friend from uh, all the way from Texas, uh, uh, Dallas, or is it Houston? I can never remember that, Mike. Uh, Dallas, it's Dallas. Dallas. I don't know why. Me and I get you a steak the size of your torso. You're going to remember it then. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. How you doing? It was long time no speak. How, how are the Cowboys doing? I have not. I have no idea about the NFL. I'm just making small talk. Just so you know. <laughs> you know, hey, no, everything is good. It has been a bit. Uh, but, you know, I was just waiting for Inzaghi to get the kinks out for this enter to start getting into a groove. Now that they're safely in a groove, I figure I could be a front runner and hop back on here and just Ooh. bask in the glory. That sounds great. And we are joined by a very, very special guest. Um, he he has his own YouTube channel, the Uncle Sharma channel. But I prefer to call him the commander in chief of the Korea Sexual Army. Welcome, Raul Sharma. <laughs> thank you, thank you very, very much. That's the best intro I've ever got, especially coming from uh, the commander-in-chief of uh, Andrea Bellotti, a.k.a. Scoliosis Bellotti himself. Uh, leave, leave my hunchback alone. Um, right, let's let's get into it. Let's start. Let's start um, with the Roma game, which every you know we all saw, um, and and is the, is the is the talking point, because in my opinion that was, and I tweeted out. I mean, the first half was Inter's best half at the Olimpico against Roma since two thousand eight, when Inter won four nil and completely took apart. Um, sorry, second half of that that game when the when when Mourinho's uh, Inter completely dismantled Spalletti's Roma, uh, Ibrahimovic pulling uh, Simone Loria's pants down and then Victor Obina uh, scoring that goal and Stankovic. Um, that but but yesterday was was emphatic. Uh, we know. I mean, we should be fair. Um, Roma are 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 not going. You know, they they were missing a lot of players due to suspension and injuries and COVID and things like that. So they were in a bad spot, uh, but the way that Inter handled that, the way that Inter took on the game, the way that Inter approached the game is probably what I was most impressed about from the first minute. Um, I want to start with you, Raul. I mean, what 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 do you what what's the two or three main mo- most important things you take away from this game? Yeah, I mean, that performance, that away performance, as you said, just so impressive. Roma have been kind of a, a bogey team over the last few years. 
um, and the Conte as well. We kind of used to struggle against them, but that was just I don't even know if I need to give so much credit to Inter. Was it was it Roma that were that bad? I, I'm not I'm not quite sure which one uh, which extreme of the two um, I'm falling on at the moment. Um, and of course, Denzel Dumfries, you know, the kind of that moment that he needed. That's another big takeaway for me. You know, solid performance. Apart from that first few minutes where Matias Vigna had, a, had, a, had, you know, beat him on V1 and things like that. But after that, he recovered. He had that shot that he blocked pretty much on the line, Danilo D'Ambrosio style. And then on the other end, Danilo D'Ambrosio style with the, with the diving header. Beautiful to see, and I'm very happy for for the guy. He needed that for sure. And then just Hakan, man, Hakan Chalanolu now is just becoming that commander in the middle of the field alongside Brozovic. Um, you know, Barella's having this kind of lull of a period where you know he seems a little bit drained and tired. So Hakan stepped up in his last few weeks, and once again, man of the match performance from me, uh, from uh, from Hakan, like just. I'm running out of words to describe the guy because it's, it's really surprising me, and I didn't expect such a such a quick, you know, adaptation to this Mezzala role that you know we know he needed time, but I didn't expect it to be by November, December to him to be that good. So yeah, those are my takeaways, man. Mm, for sure, and I mean, let's talk about Hakan because he was a player that was a little bit met with skepticism by some Inter fans. Others were, you know, others like myself and Mo. We were like, well, that was the best situation. That was the best thing Marotta could have done, given what happened to Christian Eriksen and, and Inter not having any money, and and obviously we could we could see what he wanted to do. He wanted him to be his his Luis Alberto. But one thing that I never, I honestly didn't think would happen was um was that he would be this good because i don't think i've you know we've all watched chalanoglu play and i've and i've pretty much watched 90 percent of all milan's games since he joined them and i've never seen him this good um i i still think that the um as the lauria as the italians call it the real test for whether or not he is the real deal is one now that korea's out how he handles when Lautaro plays with Dzeko. Because I think, again, I keep saying this, that there, it's not, for me, it's not by chance that when Correa when, when Correa's on the pitch in that number 10 role, and, or when Stefano Sensi played in that number 10 role, that's, those are the games when Hakan Chalonoglu has come to his best uh, and has been, been at his best at Inter. Because that Matsala role, if, if we disregard the fact that he couldn't coexist with Brozovic, similarly to Christian Eriksen last season, if we completely disregard that and just focus on on, on the on the balance issues that he's he's had, um, with Correa on the pitch, defensively Inter are so solid because Correa is you know prevents and stops. He doesn't get any credit for his defensive work, and he gives Inter balance, Correa. But above all, it also allows. Chalanoglu to to attack and cut in from that left-hand side and link up. I mean, now Inter's three midfielders are all three of them more tutto campisti, as the Italians say. You don't really have a regista or a or a mezzala. All the all, all three of them do all all those three roles, and we saw it already under Antonio Conte. But this is something else. Um, we're seeing it at a much more higher intensity than um, uh, in midfield, at least, than we saw under Conte. And I don't mean high intensity in terms of how much how much they run. We know they run a lot, and they ran a lot under under um, Conte. I mean more intensity in terms of their passing, the short passing, especially for the second goal. I think is a brilliant example of that. The the the, the movement and the high intensity quick 
short passes, one-touch passes. That's something that we never really saw with Conte in mid, the mid, from the midfield in that way. It was always this saw your way through the calcio verticale, up a long ball to Lukaku, plays it off to Lautaro, out to the wing, and then, you know, cut your way through like that. This is something else. Inter are much more horizon, horizontal and try to build three to two uh, three to two advantages in every tiny area like a triangle almost um and saw themselves through that way and it's really really impressive to see um but i mean yeah no i mean speaking i mean chalanoglu uh you know what do you think Mo? is this now is is he fully rehabilitated quote unquote or are you a little bit like me you want to wait until to see if he can do it without a korea or a number 10 whoever plays in that number 10 role yeah, it's a good question. Um, I um, honestly no, I think I think we've seen him um, perform well enough, and I, honestly, and I, I think ultimately his uh, his outside the box shooting and his uh, free kicks, his set play uh, game alone is enough for me to be excited about, regardless of how he how he does. With a slightly different uh, uh, responsibility given given to Lautaro versus uh, Correa when they play against uh, Zeko. Um, no, I'm 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 just uh, my concern is you know from my very good Milanista friend uh, is is his temperament whether this is something you know I I tend to feel like um, Chalanoglu is a bit of a um, psyche first kind of player and I think the fact that you know uh, he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder he wasn't appreciated enough at Milan he came out to prove a point so on and so forth I just don't know what's going to happen to him to his psyche if he starts coasting on the fact whether this you know whether the the adoration of the fans is going to give him you know more fuel to to improve himself or whether he's going to you know uh, sit on, sit on the lead, sit on his lead, and and, and decide to you know uh, that's it. I'm I, I am I'm here now, and, and and you know decide to become a bit complacent. So I think for me the bigger concern is not whether he can uh, he can do it under different tactical modules. It's whether he has the 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 the, the strength of wit to be able to uh, to continue to sustain this improvement because players that are temperamental generally whether it's an Eden Hazard or or you know that 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 creative uh, that enigmatic temperamental uh, um, I'm, I'm not going to say trequartista but you know that creative player in the last in the final third they 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 can run a bit hot and cold regardless of whether of of tactics or and their abilities so i think this for me is what I would probably wait to see um, when we get into crunch time towards the second half of the season, if he if he has the mental fortitude to do that, or if a couple of bad performances knock the wind out of his sail, and he starts getting down on himself, and you know we see the 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 the, the, the sulky, petulant uh, Charanoglu that uh, was quite emblematic of his time at uh, at Milan. Mm, that's a good point. What, what, where do you stand on this, Mike? Yeah, I think I'm. I think Mo, you know, kind of got to the heart of where I'm at with it. You know, if you look at how Milanisti talk about him, uh, I don't see any Milan fans surprised that he can hit peaks. The question is consistency. You know, and even this last month, I've seen some Milan folks say, "Oh, he's he's had a good month in Milan." All right, let's see if he can keep it going. So it's it's so funny that he scored that free kick the way he did yesterday. 
because it was reminiscent of Christian Eriksen's first great moment at Inter, which was when he did the same free kick goal against Napoli in the Coppa Italia, you know, right after the, the pandemic stoppage. And I say that because not just we, I think we've all seen Chalanoglu as Christian's replacement because their skill sets are very similar. You know, the free kicks and the long balls, the vision, not so much about athleticism, but more about touch. Uh, I think we've also probably said, well, uh, if Chalanoglu is this, then Christian Eriksen could probably be 20% even better because that's just the type of player he is. And it breaks my heart that we can't see him in this system because he'd be so good. But now Chalanoglu's in this position, not just what he does skills-wise, but really just in terms of where he fits into the club that Eriksen was going into the second half of last year. You know, I, at that point, we knew, all right, Brozovic and Barella, and what else does this team have? And I think that's where we're still at here. You know, we know Brozovic. Brozovic is in the form of, I mean... I don't want to say the form of his life, but he's been in some of the best form we've seen in years. He's been phenomenal this year. Barella has been in a bit of a slump. I personally think he's just exhausted. I don't think anybody really worries about him. After that, I think the only total certainty I have is that, you know, we're not going to talk about Spezia much, but Roberto Gagliardini is a good player to have in these lower table matches because I know the sort of job he'll do and he'll outmuscle those teams. I know what Gagliardini will do at that level. But everything in between the two best midfielders in that club and the one stable bench guy, we have no idea about, right? Stefano Sensi's never healthy. We don't know whatever is going to happen there. Artur Vidal looked rejuvenated for a bit, and now he's tailed off a bit. Matias Vecino, even on his best day, is unpredictable, and I don't think really wants to be here anymore and has stopped making a secret of the fact he doesn't want to be here. And so, so much to me of whether this team is, in fact, capable of repeating or just being a solid top four team does depend on what Chalanoglu does. He's kind of the swing guy unless they make a move in the winter window. So I think he can be this player. Uh, I'm optimistic, not just because we've seen him hit these peaks, but also because I think he's in a he's in an environment that better fosters consistency. You know, and that's no disrespect to Milan, who has looked so much better the last two years than I ever thought they would, but there's a difference between a team that's on the come up versus a team that's won something, you know, and I didn't, I've forgotten what that meant until I saw this inter team win. But yesterday was such a good example, right? A year ago at the Olympico, what happens? Inter take the foot off the pedal when they're up against Roma. Gianluca Mancini levels it in the 89th minute. They drop points. That was the low point last year. I remember being on this podcast after that match and thinking, all right, they're definitely not winning anything. If you're going to do stuff like that, but what happens yesterday? They crushed them in the first half in that second half, they were on autopilot. They didn't really do much of anything. They could have scored a couple more, maybe should have, but weren't really trying that hard. And it was fine because that's a winning team's DNA. They knew, okay, we don't have to do much. We're going to be fine. It's all going to be okay. Let's not screw this up. And that's what they did against Spezia. Matteo Bonetti said it on the broadcast too. They played that Spezia match with you know half intensity because they knew that's all they had to do. It was what Juventus did for years when they're on a run. That's when you know you have something here. That's when you know you have a team that is capable of winning at a high level and having a good environment. And in that environment, in this Inter versus last year's Milan, I could see Chalanoglu finding that consistency. I really could. Mm, that's a good point. That's an interesting point. I mean, we're going to get to the Spezia game because exactly, I think that's spot on. Inter were on 30% of their of their capabilities. But I just want to, before we move on, I want to hear what Raul thinks on the on the Chalanoglu debate. I mean, is 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 it the real deal now or is it... Or are you a little bit like me? You want to see when once your beloved Korea, now that he's not allowed, now that he's injured, um, you know, is he the real? Is, is this the real deal? Or like, where where are you on that? 
Hey man, can you, can you not poke fun because Korea's like injured right now? It's, uh, it's I painful. didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I know this is a difficult moment in time for you. I'm praying for Raul. <laughs> First time guest, and you're this mean to him, Nima? Come no, on. no, this is the third time he's on. And <laughs> okay, well, still, he's you know he's he's going through something right now. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Think. Of, pray for Raul. Pray for Sharma. Right. No, no. Seriously. I mean, what are you, where are you on the Chala thing? Do you, do you do you think that this is the real thing, or do you? Or, or or are you still do you want to wait until after maybe now that Korea's out that we get to see him a couple of games without him to see where he is yeah yeah <clears throat> I'm definitely still kind of well, like you are waiting because as everyone's already pointed out the main point with him has always been about being consistent so yeah it's, it's a bit early to jump on the real deal type of train but mm. for sure let's see let's see what he does now that you know yeah if there's any injuries um, you know if against these in the bigger matches, is he still doing the same things? But now, the thing that gives me confidence, though, is that he's involved. Just like yeah, know, he comes deeper. He plays that second register at times. You know, he he's not doing just the things that we would expect him to do. He's doing other things like tackling, interceptions, like exactly. getting involved everywhere. So as long as he gives me that, I'm happy. As long as he's giving hundred percent off the ball, on the ball, that's all you can ask for. And that's that's a very good point because that's exactly what I was thinking. And when I when I said that I don't think I've ever seen him this good, um, and and I didn't think that he would ever be a Metzala. But again, Inter don't have Metzala or Regista. They have three Tutocampisti mm-hmm. who do everything. But and, that tackle and, he did on uh, Ray Mahai uh, against Spezia. It was. It was I mean, it's it's it, and you see it time and time again, and and that's what's so impressive that with him, Brozovic and Barella, it's like. He's, it's, I mean, I, I don't think anyone would take offense that if we were to say that Christian Eriksen is a better footballer than Hakan Chalanoglu, but there's no doubt that based, I mean, just based on these, this, this month since the derby, he suits those two better than Eriksen does, in my opinion, like in terms of how they complement each other. Eriksen was never really that, 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 it was always going to, it was always a little bit like out of his comfort zone. Chala, we never Hakan, saw the best of Ericsson. No, no, no. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, well, when, we wanted to see Ericsson in this system. We didn't think Chala Ugly would do this the way he has in the Zagi system until we actually well, saw it, you know? Well, well, that's what I'm saying, exactly that. That I don't, I didn't think, I honestly didn't think, and I remember saying it on this podcast, I don't, I didn't think that he would suit. I think the only way that Hakan would suit would be in that number 10 role, but that's not true because <laughs> I was absolutely wrong on that. But because and Simone kept, you know, pushing. No, he's a Metzala. He's a Metzala. But he, but I mean, it's and he was imp- he was entirely right. I just think that the way that the that that Brozovic and Barella. I mean, that that Inter side was fantastic under Conte, but it was a different Inter side. I think Eriksson, you know, worked really well at, in in his calcio verticale. But what I mean is that this coexistence that they have, this fluidity. I never saw Christian Eriksson do these tackles and you know that 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 uh, that Raúl mentions. And and I was really surprised because I didn't think that he would he would be he would reach this level. Now whether or not it's a flash in the pan, as we've all mentioned, consistency has been his issue. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm very very positive. Uh, he's he's exceeded my expectations. Same way that I, I at, at least at this early stage, I didn't think it would go so quick. I thought after Christmas was when we'd see. You know that that would be crunch time for Hakka. But no, it's it's really really impressive to see. Um, I mean, we've got to talk about Dumfries that that uh, ha- uh, that, that Rahul has already spoken about. Um, what I mean, <laughs> we, we speak. You know, it's a bit of a cliche, but talk about turn. I mean, could that be the turnaround moment for him? 
when he saves that goal and then three minutes later he does that diving bullet header into the top i mean what do we think here i mean what 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 is the key uh for, for this to continue because he has to play now that Darmian's injured in 12 2022 um mo what are your thoughts on this I've been uh, far more optimistic of uh, Dumfries's uh, upside at Inter than 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 you have. So I think again, I'm I don't know why, uh, but I, I find myself always analyzing these uh, these situations from like a mental perspective rather rather than from like a tactical uh, perspective. The the first the first instant to sit and reflect on as an Interista is. To be very grateful that we have, you know, in a season where we have lost Hakimi, we have two very uh, strong contenders for that position uh, who are extremely, you know, at the very least functional. Uh, the second point, I think Dumfries and, you know, Inzaghi has been saying it, Marotta has been saying it, everyone's been saying it, Dumfries is an excellent player. And we know, I mean, you know, it's a joke how Italian tacticians or Italian managers always say, the Italian, the Serie A is a difficult league. They need to tactically adjust, blah, blah, blah. And add to that the fact that, you know, he's been a victim of some, you know, uh, clumsy errors, uh, as in the Juve game. So, and coupled with the fact that he's, you know, filling in Hakimi's shoes this season, it's not an easy position for a young man to to come in and, 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 and you know, take on this sort of responsibility and expectations. So, I think... This game might well be like the moment where he breaks through, but even then, even if he doesn't break through, I think he's, he might break through next. He, I mean, he, the quality is there. We've seen the quality. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he, he, his decision-making, especially in the defensive phase, might be a little bit suspect. He's a bit rash. He's a bit, uh, you know, uh, let's say uh, un- un- uncultured defensively, but... Uh, but it, it's it's all a matter of time, and and we know Inzaghi is a great uh, man uh, developer. So I'm 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 all in. I'm all in. I'm all in on Dumfries. I'm all in on 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 Darmian. I'm all in on competition on the right flank. I think it's uh, I think the the position, you know, save for uh, you know Suning's finances, uh, you know, going in a, a downward spiral even further, and then you know having to sell Dumfries, but I think with Dumfries and Darmian, the position on the right flank is, is secure for a good few years. Mm, I am, that's, that's, a, that's a good shout. What about you, Mike? I mean, are you, uh, are you convinced? Or do you think, well, or not convinced, but what's your take on this? Well, I think what you said is the key. He needs time. You know, he needs, it's not a secret that this is a hard league for somebody to adapt to. You know, he's the, uh, unless I'm forgetting something, I believe he is the only player that Inter signed out of Syria, out of Italy, this this past Mercato. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's going to take longer amounts of time than somebody else. And he's also being judged against the total standard of the position right now. Ashraf Hakimi is the best right back in the world. You know, it's him or Trent Alexander-Arnold, right? So it's a very high bar to clear. Um, but for me, he just needs time. He needs, I, I love Matteo Darmian, but the last time I was on, I said for this team to reach its offensive potential, uh, Darmian can't be the starter. You know, ideally he is a really, really good rotation player. Um, but to achieve your potential, you sign Denzel Dumfries to be that guy. So he just needs time and he needs a consistent run of play. And what's nice is that there's no choice but to give it to him right now. So 
Uh, I think this week will be a really good test in the Champions League to see how he fares. I hope if he doesn't fare especially well, people don't hold that against him because it's it's still early. But I love that he had that moment yesterday. Like Raul said, he needed that. And you could tell how much that meant to him. That was one of my favorite goals of the season so far because that hit him so deep to score and to go celebrate in front of those fans. And this is a guy who's a former captain, right? He cares about the game. He is a good dude in the room. He cares about the cause. And you could see how happy the team was for him. And I don't think that that was fake by any stretch of the imagination. So I think he's going to be fine. I think as long as, you know, people are patient with him, he adapts to the league. He clearly fits in the room. He brings something different from any of the other fullbacks in this team, as far as his, his size and his athleticism. Uh, but he just needs the minutes, and now there's no choice but to give him that. So let's. I'm, I'm I'm optimistic that he'll he'll gain some solid footing under him in the next month, and then hopefully, if he does that, they can kind of transition to the second half of the season to where he's starting a little bit more than Darmian because he just offers dynamicism that that Darmian doesn't. For sure, and one thing I mean to build on that point you made about him in the team and and how you know he, he certainly made a good impression. I mean, Ivan Perisic is basically in love with this guy. Uh, they're, they're like BFFs. It's uh, the way that, you know, we've seen it before, that the way that he pushes him and gives him advice and just wants to help him. And 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 then you go and see how, uh, on, on social media as well, how Perisic, I've never seen Perisic be this supportive to any interplay. I don't think so either, yeah, no. Uh, throughout his seven years at the club. Like, it's it's really interesting to see. He's really found a good friend in, in, in Denzel Dumfries, and, and that's... That's really interesting to to, to see. Um, so so, but, but like I mean, it's 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 like you, I, I think that's a really important point you made. It's not just he's not the only captain. PS, he was a captain. Dumfries was a captain in PSV. Jeko was a captain in Bosnia and was a captain at Roma. Like this yep. this dressing room that they've built is a, is is a, is a, you know it's a bunch of captains. Skriniar is a captain type. Uh, Barella is a captain type. I mean, you have so many Samir, players. Yeah. Samir, yeah, of course, is yeah. So it's 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 a it's a group of players that of of the right kind of metal in terms of how they are as characters and professionalism. And I think that's what that Simone and he's something that Simone Inzaghi has also really praised, saying that I found a group that are of players that are absolutely made themselves available and listen to everything and want to you know give everything and then some. Um, so, so that's, that's really, you know, that, that's, that's, that's something really interesting, but I want to, I wanted to, to, to ask you, you, uh, Raul, I mean, what, what are you expecting? Cause I know you've been, you, I mean, I've been skeptical of him, but I know you've absolutely been skeptical of Dumfries. No, I mean, I think it was, it was the smart signing to make. I was completely on board with the signing. I just mm. was unsure about his, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, technical ability and adaptability to the Serie A, which always takes time. But as you as you guys made pointed out, character-wise, this guy is a guarantee. Um, he's not like Valentino Lazzaro, who's going to be who was concerned more about making drip videos, like <laughs> looking like uh, you know Drake and Karim Benzema. <laughs> Um, Which is what you loved him. Don't don't try to backtrack. You loved that. Don't, don't yeah, the, that's that's unrelated to football. Though. That's just me, you know, enjoying some drip videos. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, with the with Dumfries, yeah, you, you don't really get any of that. He's more, you know, he's he, he's very focused. I mean, the guy barely smiles. He's like, I was just gonna say that. I've never seen him smile. <laughs> Even when he scores, he looks angry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the guy's fully focused at all times, which is which is what you want. Yeah, and then I've I have faith in Inzaghi. You know, I used to call Conte the the wing back whisperer. Like, this guy can revive any any wing back in the world. But I see I see Inzaghi 
you know, has done similar things in the past. Um, so I have faith in uh, in Dumfries improving, and let's give him let's give him time for sure. We need to be patient with him. He he needs to go through the the Serie A school of uh, of mm. defending and you know tactics. So it's going to take him time. But and we need to use him more in terms of his, what his strengths are, like that that heading ability. He's had that. That's what we saw the Euros. The guy is a beast in the air. We need to use that more. I agree. He's really strong. And I also think he's got a good shot on him. Yeah, Uh, yeah, he does. uh, Look, I I get everyone compares this guy to to Hakimi, and and that's natural given that Hakimi was the last wing back there, and he's the most modern wing back out there today. But for me, when when Dumfries is at his best, I get Mike on vibes. The same bat, you know, the the all the things that made Mike on the best in the world at his position, the power, the technique, the physique. This nah, he hasn't got the technique, man. No, no, but, but you don't think so? No, it's bro. <laughs> <You're not convinced. laughs> no, I I, th- I think that his technical ability is 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 good enough. I just think that for, for the reason why he hasn't shown that in the city eyes, I think it's more to do with his his confidence in terms of not being comfortable in what he's being asked to do. And that's why when, when players are, you know, like all humans, when they're asked to do something and they're not comfortable, they they overthink things and can maybe sometimes over, um, over you know, over, 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 over complicate things. So I actually think he's got pretty decent. I mean, it's not, it's not like the, 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 the Lukaku or Lukaka stuff that we've been seeing. Lukaka. Lukaka, sorry, Lukaka, <laughs> which has been very, very funny. And, and I feel bad for, for the guy, but he left, like you said, on your channel, it's not our responsibility to defend this guy anymore. <laughs> nope, <laughs> we're laughing along. <laughs> oh, my guy, Lukaka. Yeah, um, no, but uh, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about Spezia. For me, what was the most important thing was exactly like Mike said, the control, start to finish control. Uh, Inter were just, I mean, the goal was absolutely fantastic. The opening goal um, that they scored, uh, Gagliardini. And I mean, there is something about Liguria and Gagliardini that that, that he, uh, I read somewhere that eight of his 15 goals or 14 goals uh, in the Serie A have come against Sampdoria, Genoa or Spezia. And they're all from Liguria. It's This guy's got, <laughs> that's an incredible uh, stat. Um, but I mean, it's, it was a fairly straightforward win and just like the Venezia game, Inter were in complete control, although here they killed off the game and it wasn't as, 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 as nervous as it was against Venezia. Um, I mean, I mean, there's not much to to take, to, to, to talk about that game really, if we're perfectly honest. So I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but I want to move on because I want to move on to the Real Madrid game, winning the group in the Champions League. And I, I, you know, I said it on this podcast before we played Real Madrid in the, in the opening game. I expect, I think Inter are a better team than Real Madrid. I still think that. Um, And, and since then we've gone through developments and we've seen more of these teams and i can say now with more certainty i honestly think that inter are a better side than real madrid but having said that going to bernabeu and being forced to win is not easy it's still santiago bernabeu but uh, i i i think they've got a really big chance here i really think so and i really think that this could be that the game where an inter in complete harmony come and play a real madrid already qualified so that pressure is gone and they can completely relax just take on Real Madrid and I I honestly think that Inter will win this convincingly and clearly am I being too overtly positive like I was last time Mo or um what do you think 
No, I, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right uh, in in all the in the assessment of all the givens. I think I agree with you that uh, as a as a squad, Inter are a better squad. Uh, Ancelotti is a great manager, but I think um, Inzaghi, as as you know, we've said many times on this podcast, is probably the the best uh, interpretation of what a modern Italian manager should be. Uh, you know, much more so than a De Zerbi or whatever. Um, all the young, younger batch. I think he's probably the most complete and and clear uh, in terms of his, uh, of course, experience as well. So I think it's it definitely is uh, on the on the cards an interwin. Um, but like you also said, whether whether or not this really does happen, it is the Bernabeu, um, it is Real Madrid, it is the Champions League. So um, I don't know. Um, I, I in my mind, I think the fact that we've qualified already, like you again, like you've also noted, gives me a lot of you know peace, peaceful anticipation for the game. Um, so I hope this the the players share share the same sort of um, uh, feelings. I think Inzaghi's football is clear, you know, especially with the with the second goal, the the, the amazing number. I can't remember how many number numbers of touches, and then the 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 Chalanoglu layoff to Zeko. So I think this sort of football lends itself more to a sort of um, free flowing, less uh, burdened by uh, uh, expectation of results. So yeah, I think I'm fairly optimistic here. I'll 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 predict a win for Inter as well, uh, and and topping the group, like you say, it just it seems like everything is coming together at the right sort of time for for this project. And I think topping the group would really, you know, mean a lot to the players, both for their Champions League campaign and uh, further reverberations in, in in the league this season. For sure. Um, well, what about you, uh, Mike? Where are you on this? Not where you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's have it. I mean, I'm just the the I, I can see them winning this match, but the idea that the expectation to win this match, you win consistently. I, I'm just, I'm not quite there yet. You know, I'm still, I am piece by piece getting more and more confident with this year's Inter. Uh, I think I enjoy this team's this team more than I did last year, uh, partly for how they play and partly because there isn't quite this Scudetto or bust pressure that there was last season. But last year's team was better. Uh, I'm still at that point. And when I look at this team, you know, I'm, I, I am optimistic about the fact that Stefan de Vrij is back in the lineup. That is going to be massive to have all three center backs because I, I would not have wanted Danilo D'Ambrosio playing this match uh, at that kind of pressure on, you know, in the Bernabeu. But I just, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm slow to come around. I just, I want. This is Real Madrid, and they still have a lot of players in their lineup that are very, very expensive and very, very high caliber. I think Vinicius Junior is playing like one of the best players in the world at this point, and can do things on the wing that this team has not seen anything close to uh, in Italy. And he has certainly, over the last two years, given Inter some problems. I'm going. I'm gonna think that this is a loss, but that to me is totally fine. Look, the goal, the goal going into this year, uh, as I stated, I think probably, I think wasn't too unreasonable was get out of the group and, you know, play somewhere in the top two to three and challenge for the league again. And they are comfortably getting out of the group 
And I think this team might be the best team in Italy at this point. So whatever happens this week, I'm not stressing too much. Could I see them winning this match? Yes, but I'm, I don't think we're at the stage of the cycle yet when, you know, this team still isn't the most clinical in front of net. Samir Hardanovic is still the goalkeeper. And <laughs> I, I, we love Samir. You know my position. No, 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 no. We don't Samir got old. But this no, is, no, if, this, if this were next year and Andre Onana were in net, then maybe I could feel a little bit better about this. But I just know that Real Madrid will create chances. And I don't trust Samir to keep him out of the net. And meanwhile, I don't trust Inter with Lautaro and Dzeko in front of that to be as clinical as they need to be to put as many on the other way. And I just, and if they don't win this match, that's totally fine. But yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. I'm a little worried about where Inter are clinically. I'm definitely worried about what Samir could do at a high volume day. Those have been the concerns all year long. That won't stop them from winning the league. I don't think, I think they're, this team is capable of winning the league, but to say that they could beat a team like Real Madrid in their building, I'm not there yet. Well, that, that that's fair enough. Uh, what about you, Raul? Where are you? Are you with uh, Mo and me, or are you with the uh, Mike? A little bit more cautious. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in your car. I'm in the positivity car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big car this week. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big four by four. Um, exactly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything, you know, going especially away at Real Madrid. But we even saw like, last year when we were playing the dysfunctional three four one two on the Conte that we away at Real Madrid we didn't. Yeah, we, we could have won that much down yeah. there. Like they just they don't convince me defensively. Uh, David Alaba Militao centre back partnership is obviously good, but it's not. <clears throat> I don't, it doesn't strike me as the most you know solid centre back partnership. I feel feel like that that's something you can. Uh, yeah, we can definitely score some goals against that back line. But yeah, of course it depends on how clinical our guys are on the day. Um, I see. I see it going similar to how it went last time round. Though in the end, I think we, we'll just end up with a with a draw. I think Inter will play well, create some chances, and then we'll end up, you know, ruining some of the some of the chances that we missed. And yeah, there will be lots of um, slander on Lautaro after the match. I <laughs> see that already. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Vinicius Junior is on the, on an amazing form at the moment, but they are missing Karim Benzema. Uh, yeah, but Ancelotti pretty much confirmed that he's going to be out, so that's a massive miss for them. Yeah, for sure. And Luka Jovic, I know that I'm, you know, I love the guy, and I know <laughs> yeah. that that's going to come back and bite me in the butt because uh, I can see him scoring one or one, one, two goals because he may not do a lot, but he's a natural goal scorer. He needs half a chance and he scores two, and and that's what annoys me uh, so much um, because he is he is a he is a killer. Uh, and I think that, that that's going to come back and bite me and haunt me. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I think that's um, that's a fair assessment. But um, I look at their midfield: Casemiro, Modric, Kroos, and and I'm thinking that's a that's a world class midfield five years ago, uh, eight years ago, six years ago, seven, four, even four years ago. But they do have Isco on the bench, who we know, uh, and Valverde is a great player. Um, I mean, they've got they've got quality. I I just think that the way that Inter dominate midfield, and if they can, if you know, if they can, if they play against like against Roma and 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 hurt Real Madrid that way, then I think they'll they'll win. And I and I think that's what what Simone Inzaghi wants to do. I mean, I think he's going to he's not going to be overconfident, but I think he's I think he, the way that he views this is simply. Given that things are going so well, the team is boasting of going for confidence. He's going to go. You know what? Go for it. He's going to go for it. I think he's absolutely going to go for it. And I and I and I. We've not had a bad performance in the big match this year. Still. No, 
No, we haven't. Even though we didn't win most, like like against Milan and and uh, Atalanta and, and Real Madrid, we played really well in those games. Like you said, it's just we were our clinical. The, you know, the, our, our finishing wasn't on par, but the performances were really good. Um, so no, I'm I'm fairly confident. Um, just as a side note, the last time Inter topped their uh, Champions League group was not uh, was was actually 20. 12, 20, 2011, 2012, when they finished ahead of CSK Moscow and uh, Besiktas. Uh, no, no, not Besiktas. It was uh, Trabzonspor, um, and and they um, and 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 they uh, they got knocked out obviously against DDA Deschamps Marseille in the round of last sixteen. But yeah, they they had a group with uh, they won the group ahead of CSK Moscow, third Trabzonspor, and fourth Lille. Um, but uh, but they didn't win the group in. 2010 when they won the Champions League and, and they didn't win it the year before either uh, when they had undoubtedly a better team um, so uh, you know Inter and winning groups might maybe lucky number 10 uh, 2022 2012 10 years since last time maybe Inter will win it uh, again but uh, let's 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 quickly uh, be I wanted to because uh, I've already asked Mo in, in previous episodes but we haven't asked neither of you two guys Mike and Raul before we get into predictions I want to know which teams do you want to avoid rather than which teams do you want to play? And I'll start with you, Mike. In the in the in the knockout stages, of course. Oh gosh, uh, I mean, I, so I listened to the episode where you guys talked about this, and I'm kind of of the mind that Mo is, where I'm just happy to be here this year. You know, I just want progress. So whatever happens, happens. Uh, that said, if you're going to avoid teams, I, I'm with you, Nima. I I want no part of City. I want no part of Liverpool, and I don't want any part of Bayern. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. After that, you know, you can you could sign me up for whatever, and I guess we'll deal with it. But those are the three that I just uh, don't want to see any part of. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, buying uh, the way they they hurt and teams in transition, I don't want to see to get slaughtered like that. <laughs> like it's just no, it's it's not fun. I mean, so my the only other club that I have any feelings for, well, after Inter, is Borussia Dortmund. Uh, I've been a Dortmund, you know, side supporter for about. 10, 11 years now, uh, before right, White Room Klopp got there, a little before they got really good. So I'm used to this. I I was keeping an eye. I was watching Inter Roma. I kept an eye on, on their classic and I was like, I know how this is going to end. They're not going to win. They never win. And sure enough, Bayern, just when you think that – you talk about championship DNA. Just when you think that they are on the ropes every time they find a way to pull mm. something up. So, uh, you mm. know, if nothing else, though, the only thing I'd look forward to if Inter played them would just be – for uh, for Perisic to hopefully rip them apart because I remember we were all so dis- so disappointed when Bayern wouldn't take up that buy option on him and and now it all worked out but I hope Perisic makes him remember it. <laughs> what about you, Raúl? Which teams do you want to avoid? Yeah, yeah, same ones, bro. Like <laughs> I can just imagine Liverpool putting yeah, us in that washing machine of yeah, uh, Anfield, Anfield as well. Oh God, no. No, yeah. please, no, please. Um, no. And yeah, definitely not Man City. I don't want to see us having, you know, 20% possession at home <laughs> and trying to counterattack with the Dzeko and Lautaro. Um, <laughs> give me PSG, give me Man United, yeah. give me yeah. Yeah, any, any one any, of those. Yeah, anything. I think even 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 I think Inter would even do well against Chelsea, better than they would against teams like City or Liverpool and Bayern, who just... Oh, yeah. I know. Oh my God, I'm already I'm already cringing at what happens if we play Chelsea and Lukaku comes back to the center. Oh. <laughs> I'm I don't, I'm, I'm gonna just log off the whole week. I don't want to be there for that. <laughs> 
I mean, the thing is, it could be it could be a little bit history repeating itself. Uh, I, I absolutely am not saying that Inter will win the Champions League, mm. uh, <laughs> except for Arturo Vidal. I don't think any you know any other human being will actually believes that, and he really believes it. He keeps talking. My king. Yeah, he's another one of your <laughs> Sharma's heroes. <laughs> no, he really he's been talking like that's one of his seasonal goals. I think he's going to have a like a like a really horrible time dealing with the fact when Inter don't win it because he seems really convinced that this is the year that he's going to win the Champions League. I I don't see it and and I don't think, you know, I think Inter can get to a quarter final but and I think that's pretty much good and then sure but to win the whole thing I, I I don't think we can. Like, and I don't think I'm alone in thinking that. But it is. It would be, you know, Chelsea, Lukaku, Ibra, Barcelona. Like, the, 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 there is a chance of history repeating itself here, and it would be pretty pretty sweet if it happened. I, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I I love Lukaku for everything he did for us. But you know, the way that the grass is not always greener on the other side is. Um, yeah, that's a good lesson to learn. But we, let's get to let's get to predictions and and goal scorers on that. I'm going to start with uh, with you, Rahul, and then I'm going to Mike and then Mo. So, what's your prediction, Inter Real, uh, Real Inter, I should say. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go for a a one-one. Another wasteful uh, performance from the boys, and uh, yeah, Real Madrid get get one. Uh, probably Rodrigo again. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, uh, Mike. What about you? Uh, 2-1 Real, um, you know, and I'll be totally fine with that. Then, you know, just go back to the league and continue to do what they're doing and all is good. Okay. What about you, Mo? I'll uh, venture a very cheeky and sneaky 1-3 uh, for the visitors. That's my result. Whoa. <laughs> That's my result. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. Great minds. Who do you have as a goal scorer? Oh, um, definitely, let's give uh, Zeko and Lautaro a goal each. And I wonder if maybe we can get something from a midfielder, uh, maybe a Barella. Barella came close against Roma uh, a couple of times. So I think maybe Barella can do one of his runs and uh, score one. So yeah, Barella, Zeko, uh, and uh, Lautaro. Nah, mine is Jovic for Real, because I think that's, that's a given. Um, and then it's kebab season for me. It's Hakan Shalanoglu scoring twice and uh, Jeko the third. So 3-1. It's uh, 3-1 Inter. It's Hakan Shalanoglu twice, uh, Edin Jeko, and then Luka Jovic. I think Jovic will score the first goal. From Okay, so if he's scoring twice, is this a dead ball and open play? Oh, yeah. Is both open it's one, one, one is open play, one is a free kick. So that happens. You basically, I mean, you're saying the big test term is how he plays without Correa in there. So you are optimistic then. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am because because of what we mean, what Rahul and and I kind of spoke about earlier about the the way that he's moving um, all over the pitch. Um, it's not just. I, th- I think it was necessary for him to have Korea there. You know, like when you're a kid and you're learning how to how to bike, you need these Got the like training wheels on the training wheels on. Yeah, I think <laughs> Korea and Sensi were the training wheels. And now, would I think you he, would you start Sanchez then for that reason? <laughs> Well, actually, that's a, that's not a bad shout. I think I don't think Alexis has ninety minutes in him, and I don't no, think no. Alexis right now against Real Madrid, even though he's an ex-Barca player, I don't think that he him against fit players from minute one at this level cuts it. But as an impact sub from seventy fifth onwards, oh yeah, all day every day for sure, for sure. But I would start with Lautaro Jeco if they're both fit. Then then it's a uh, for me it's it's absolutely. 
I'd, I'd go with that. And to be honest, I wouldn't necessarily change the defensive trio either. I know that Defray might be back, but he's been off. He's been a little bit off this season in terms of yeah. performances, and now he's coming off an injury. I say, why risk it? Continue with Skriniar in the middle, which is where I've been wanting to see him for three years. Yes. <laughs> you know that. I've been beating that dead drum and dead horse for about three years. And he's been really good there. I think he, he's he's good there. I like D'Ambrosio and Di Marco and Bastoni to the you know on the left. So <clears throat> I I would I would continue with the same team pretty much. I don't know. Well, well, yeah, if, I agree. Uh, so would you would you make any changes, bro? Yeah, well, is Linzaghi alluded to say to uh, Lautaro having some sort of little issue because he, he rested the full ninety minutes. He said he wasn't feeling, wasn't feeling great. So hopefully, um, that's why I was mentioning the Sanchez. That if Lautaro's not feeling still hundred percent, then maybe Sanchez could give us fifty, sixty minutes perhaps yeah. and continue that kind of three five one one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if if not, then yeah, definitely Lautaro and Jekyll. But no, I don't know that. No other changes. I would I would keep the exact same uh, team as uh, against Roma, pretty much. Mm. Just mm. Lautaro for Correa. Mm. Agreed. What about you guys? Would you guys change anything, um, Mo? I definitely stick to Brian. Uh, if it, I uh, I appreciate your sentiments about Skriniar. I also think that uh, big game, big name. Um, our 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 top billing trio uh, are definitely our top billing trio for a reason. So I think uh, bring out the big guns in the back, Devry in the middle, if fit, if fully fit and able to play the full ninety, and then Skriniar and Bastoni on the other side for sure. What about you, Mike? Any would you do any? Would you do the same change that Mo did, or would you keep it the way that me and uh, the, the way that Raul and I said keep the same team against? Against, yeah, I'm with uh, I'm with Mo. You gotta you gotta go with your best. This is Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Uh, Stefan Devry hasn't had the best season so far, but I think he is still the best out of these three center backs, which is saying a lot because all three are so good. Uh, I want that back line back there. Um, and, and the idea of Danilo D'Ambrosio works until it doesn't, and he's a saint. We all love him. He plays a role and he's valuable. But for a match like this, put him out there and put Lataro out there, and let's our best against their best, and let's see what happens. It's a good measuring stick match, if nothing else, right? I mean, for as much as there are stakes on the line here, I think this year in some ways, I could very much see next year's Inter being better than this year's Inter in terms of a mm. player per side level because so much of this year was just fix the books. And already the goalkeeping jump next year will be huge, but I think there's probably more to come. I want to see where this Inter is. If the goal is with Inzaghi, all right, now they're getting back out of the group again. We're on the path towards having not just ambitions to win the league, but ambitions in Europe again. I want to see what this bunch is as far as a measuring stick, because I think you guys are more confident than I am, and maybe I'm wrong. But the only way we're going to find out is to play our best. So I want to see the best inter lineup out there, and I want to see how they do against a really good team on the road. Mm, okay, fair enough. Right, um, then uh, on the weekend, uh, Inter uh, play at home, uh, and they do so against... Um, uh, Cagliari, our good friend Walter Mazzari or Cazzari, as my good as John Solano on the Italian football podcast so eloquently calls him because he is Cazzari. He looks constantly pissed off with life in general, and and he certainly made Inter my life a hell and all Inter fans hell during the brief period, miserable period he was at Inter uh, playing three five two, which is not the same system, although it's the same system in numbers, not the same. Uh, approach 
that Inter had uh, under him today, as they as they do with with, with our good friend Walter. But um, right, like I mean, what? Uh, come on, Cagliari are awful. Um, they're they're better. They're good enough not to get relegated. But what are we talking about here? It should be a pretty straightforward win here, right? What do you think, Raúl? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> It'll be embarrassing if we don't beat this uh, this Cagliari. But I'm looking forward to seeing what tactical revolution uh, Mazzari brings. You know, <laughs> this season he played uh, Nahita Nandez as a striker, and in one match I saw. Uh, he's recently been playing Dalbert as the left mid of a four-four-two. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to see what you know new tactical idea he brings to the table in the 2021. Oh yeah, no, I <laughs> I think the thing is he I think he's actually going to make life pretty miserable for Inter. He's going to completely park the bus. Classic Katsari, you know, oh, yeah. anti you you call it jihadi ball, but this is this is worse than that. This is prehistoric. This is this the, his football isn't even di- it pre predates time itself. <laughs> like it's just that archaic. <laughs> so, hey, so if, that, if whatever it does, if it gets them to take up Dalbert's buy option, then I'm all <laughs> for it. No, nah, somebody's gonna do it. I don't think no that's nothing, 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 nothing we can do yeah, make that happen. exactly. I was just gonna say nothing's gonna happen. We're we're, we're stuck with this guy just like Nagatomo until his contract expires and then you know it's you know it's it, it is what it is we just we just gotta bite the lemon on that one and just get it keep a straight face until, we'll until bite the bottle as uh, Mazzari would <laughs> yeah exactly that's probably my favorite moment of his was when he was biting plastic water bottles on the on the sideline of Inter. It's absolutely phenomenal TV. Um, yeah, but I mean, let, let's. I mean, quickly, uh, Mo. What, what do you have any? What I mean, we we we've played one ex Inter manager in Jose Mourinho, who we love and remember fondly, and now we're playing one whose tenure at Inter we'd rather forget. What are your thoughts going into that game? No, I think uh, there are no real thoughts. I think uh, Mazzari's presence on... Did did we play against uh, Mazzari's Torino? Yeah, uh, I think we lost. Yeah. Well. I think we we lost or drew. I, remember I think that one, yeah, one we need to go back and uh, dig up uh, just for, you know, Scaramancia's sake. But no, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in thinking that uh, it's, like you say, it's going to be a straightforward uh, day at the office uh, win for Inter. Mm. Right. Any predictions? Um, what do you expect, Mo? Yeah, tight game, Mazzari. Uh, definitely prefer uh, uh, a draw to not going for a win. So I think maybe uh, maybe it's time time for like a, a, a last minute uh, one nil uh, by uh, by D'Ambrosio or, or one, another one of our patron saints. You know, I love that. To, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I'll, I'll I'll sign on to that. Mike, what about you? I'll go two nil. Uh, with some feeling kind of like the Venezia game where they get one early and it takes a little bit of time to put them away. But I'll, I'll say multiple goals here. Mm, what about you, Raul? I was just uh, double-checking on that. We beat Mazzari's 3-0. Remember that super rainy? Um, it was a very <laughs> rainy day. Um, and Barella got injured that match. I just remember that. Um, but that was with Conte. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm talking with Mancini because he, he was at Torino for, for about two seasons, wasn't he? I'm, well, I, I remember, remember. I have a. I don't, I don't have follow a, uh, his career that closely. <laughs> no, but I don't either. But I remember. I remember we under Mancini going there, or was it with Spalletti Mo? And he sucked the living life out of like everyone who was there with his with his Cazzari ball. 
can't remember. Yeah. 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 I uh, my memory fails me. Yeah. No, I I remember it was. It was. I remember just literally being. Oh God, this idiot! Like, it was horrible. Um. Right. Uh. It was. Uh. Yeah. So. Um. No. So I. I, I'm gonna go with. Uh. With. I'm gonna go with a one nil as well. I don't think this is gonna be pretty, and I think he's going to do his his absolute best to ruin life for Inter. And and so I think one nil, similar to the Venezia game. I think we'll score. Uh, from the penalty spot, and I think Lautaro's going to take it uh, and score. I think 2-1, uh, uh, Keita Balde with his usual goal against us. Oof, dream goal, yeah. He'll score one of his dream goals. Uh, he, he he sure does them. Right, um, let's move on to the part of the show when we pay tribute, rip the piss out of and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football, starting with the positivity, which we presented by Mr. Positivity himself, this week's Moratti, Mohamed Nasa. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Okay, so my Moratti for the week is, uh, once again, for the second week in a row, it's got to be uh, uh, Inzaghi. I, um, that Roma game, like you like we spoke about earlier, that first half was probably some of the best football we've seen and interplay ever. Um, definitely some of the best uh, we've seen in the last few years you know uh, the the first half against Barcelona with Conte notwithstanding and, and, and against Dortmund as well in the Champions League we've seen some pretty spectacular football but that was at least on par if not better than that football as well um, I, I just uh, honestly what struck me the most was uh, just uh, the, the, the movement and the players we've spoken about Chalanoglu's involvement in the center of uh, the pitch, not just all the way up front, uh, tackling, getting in. Uh, if we can put a player cam on Brozovic and track is running all over the pitch, all all much, all much long, all much long, it would be incredible. Uh, Bastoni's uh, doubling up as a right, a left wing back, uh, providing the assist to Dumfries. It's uh, it's really interesting football tactically. I haven't, uh, you know, attempted to digest it thoroughly. Uh, and understand its in- intricacies yet, but he's definitely doing some very exciting stuff, and that is, you know, extra over what he's doing to develop th- the players individually as well. So I think um, credit has to be given to Inzaghi. Um, like Dumfries, he came into a side with, you know, uh, a big, big, uh, big shoes to fill. Uh, to try and fill a, 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 you know, the void left by Conte, and so far he's, you know, he's exceeded even my expectations. So I was pretty optimistic from the start. So he's my Moratti for the week. Grazie, Mister. For sure, for sure. Um, you know where I stand on Inzaghi, <laughs> so I don't need to add much to that. Um, right, let's move on to the uh, to something much more negative. This week's Moji, which we presented by Mister Mike Pilucci. <laughs> December 5th, do you know who Inter's best penalty kick taker is? Because I have no idea. I have no idea at all. I don't like not having any idea who is taking the penalties. <laughs> I don't like having any idea who's good at the penalties. I thought it was Hakan Chalanoglu. Then Lotaro takes another one. Uh, we've seen Arturo Vidal at some point. We've seen Ivan Perisic. We've seen Federico De Marco. I long for the stability of Romelu Lukaku and before him, Mauro Icardi. 
I just want to know who takes the penalties and who is good at taking the penalties. So far, hey, Lotaro's went in on Wednesday. It worked. I don't think he, I know, Nemo, you're very down on him as a penalty taker. I'm not all the way out on it. But what we can agree on is there is no one guy who you know is going up there and his nails at it. Even even Juventus with Bonucci, you know, is going to convert penalties. And I, it is one of those major stressors that should not be a major stressor. But I just, I, I mean, I was so used to for a very long time between Icardi and Lukaku when when this, when somebody goes to take that kick, I know it's going in, or I feel good about it's going in. And now I just assume it's not even though it's a high percentage play and i suppose it's like super inter that the year we have the best pair of set piece takers this club has had and i don't even know how long right we've there have been years where there's been one person good at it but having two set piece guys like chalanoglu and demarco together i can't remember the last time inters had that so i suppose it's only fair because we are inter that when you finally excel at the set pieces now the penalties are a problem but uh, I, I wouldn't say I've lost my mind yet, but I feel like we're going to get to some moment when I come on in February and something has gone wrong again. And we're down to Bastoni taking the penalties because sure, why not try him too? Uh, and I'm just going to absolutely lose my mind. So uh, there it is. Please, somebody give me a dependable penalty taker for the rest of the year. That's all I want. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. That is literally my that that is a pet peeve of mine as well. And I want I think Chalanoglu should do it because he doesn't fluff it. He puts his laces through it. And I, I mean, like sure, that. let's let's oh, try God. it, but it's not like he has a body of work at it, right? So as good as he looks now, I I could totally see four or five in. They just don't work. I, I, we just don't have that guy who is dependably good at it and we feel so assured yet. So I would love that uh, the second half of the season for this to be identified. It was I heard, I, I heard Uncle Sharma moaning over there. Oh God. So I want to hear what you think of this. What, what, what? Is this your Brexit type of like take, his, <laughs> take the penalties properly? You know, you have to put your foot through it, mate. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Well, what do you want him to do? Oh no, do a cookie. Do you want him to do a nutmeg on someone for it to count or what? <laughs> well, is this like, oh, is this such a like an old school thing? Like no, but I, I do, I do like lace. The penalty shouldn't be messed about with. Like no. I, I don't like the, the the Jorginho school of trip scop and a hip. Like stop that. I don't like. Yeah, that. he stopped it and he still missed it against. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because he can't. I don't care. Because he can't do shoot. Because he doesn't know how to shoot a football. Yeah, but then like, initially your problem was, oh, don't do the hop and step, and then you no, stop doing that. No, I want people who can shoot to take penalties. I mean, we know that Lukaku can shoot, and but he was, you know, he was. He he fooled them. He never went for power except for that quarterfinal derby. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Zlatan he, insulted him. He mother. got the, in, the force from his ancestors. <laughs> he was. I've never seen him so angry. I thought he was going to miss that penalty because I knew he was going to belt it. Like there was no way he was going to like place it into the corner after Zlatan insult, insulted his mother. He he went for it, and thank God it went in. But no, I, no, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I think that I think that the, the thing with Lautaro and penalties for me is basically what my problem with Lautaro as a finisher is. I don't think he, he fluffs the finishes too much. He looks a little bit stressed, I think, in the, in the final moment yeah. before finishing. There was that thing on YouTube. I don't know if you guys saw, you know, the, the quick uh, question thing interview on YouTube. And, the, the, you know, they ask him like, you know, banana or apple, all these like quick uh, fire questions. And he, they asked him power or precision. And he says power. And then I think that's just the perfect. Encapsulation of what you know he thinks about finishing power. <laughs> How is that power though? Like it's, it's no, not even you know, powerful. <laughs> yeah, but he he tries to hit it so hard all the time. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that that makes sense because he that that, that does that's a really good point because he does seem like stressed. That, that that does actually speak to the point I've always made that he stresses in 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 those situations. And yeah, that would make absolute perfect sense. Right. Let's move on to something much more uh, comical. This week's frog, which we presented by Mr. Uncle Sharma himself. E clamoroso autogol di Ranocchia. Well, um, we uh, we alluded to it before. Um, these boys on social media, actually, I don't know what they're actually called, but they they've been making these uh, Lukaku meme videos. <laughs> the Lukaku. <laughs> I mean, who are they? Can you say who they are? Because you're the TikTok generation, not me. Not certainly not Mo and Mike. Who are these guys? Because they're really funny. Yeah, I actually uh, I should have done actually my research in terms of I think it's a, it's a bunch of them. I don't think it's just one of them that makes them, but it's become like a trend recently of. Uh, these very low budget videos of like people completely missing the goal when they're in front of it. And this guy wearing a XXS, uh, you know, extra small shirt with a belly hanging out to represent Lukaku being, you know, whatever without Pintus. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I would give it to them because they, they really make me laugh this week, even though I don't want to laugh and I do. Deep down, I still want to defend Lukaku, but it's not my job anymore now. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think we we, we have we have the right to be a little bit petty because yeah, he should never. I, I mean, he should had he stayed. I mean, I think I've I've swung I've I've done the full three sixty. Uh, no, yeah, the full three sixty. First, I was upset that he left because I thought he could do something else, and then I was thinking, hmm, hang on a minute. Inzaghi doesn't want to play that game and, and that kind of football and and he he wanted Lukaku more close to the goal and so I was like maybe it was good like tactically that he left and then now that I've seen us play and see how we build up and I see what Jekyll does and I'm thinking Lukaku could have done that way way better um we would we would be five points up if Lukaku were still here yeah the, that's the rest the of this roster no, I agree. I agree, and and that, that I'm really, I'm there now, and that's why I'm a little bit bitter. So therefore, yeah, it, it is it is it is a little bit of of bitterness uh, for that. So I so that I don't know. I I mean I've been, I've ranted about this here before. Like this wasn't Ibrahimovic. This wasn't nearly. No, no, no. It was. But, but, but I think, feel like people us. are so fixated on the fact that he left, and they love that he's failing. It's like whatever. Like if <laughs> if you were in his situation with where the club was over the summer, and Chelsea has offered you that kind of money. If you're switching jobs, you're going to do the same thing he did. You know, like I, I don't get why people. The guy was the best interest striker since Ibrahimovic. He did a ton here. I, let's just let it go. Mm, mm, I can't. I'm I think it was yet. all those messages of love that he yeah. put out before, and you know, he claimed to be you know interista and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, but like, look where this club was at. I mean, they were trying to the. So well, I don't blame him. I'm just trying to explain where the the hatred is coming from. I I completely am, I'm with you on that one. It made sense for him. But. Yeah, but it's just like he's sitting there and he's he's saying he's all in Tarista. And meanwhile, there's reporting coming out that Sunni tried to sell him as he's saying, I want to be here. I want to be here. And you see them sell, you see your manager leave. You see them sell Hakimi. You're telling them I'm going to be loyal. Meanwhile, no signings are coming in. They're trying to sell you. And Chelsea wins the Champions League. They're going to pay him that much more. Like at that point, when that's how things are, I get it. I just, you know, I don't know. It's It's incredible to me versus like when Ibrahimovic is outright saying, I'm never going to win anything here. I'm out of here. Like, that's a different deal. I think I, I whatever. I, I'm pulling for Rom. It's getting painful watching over there, though. 
Yeah, and, uh, but I'm I'm not there yet, so I'm gonna keep being petty for a little bit longer <laughs> and, and enjoying and enjoying the Lakaka jokes. Yes, I am. I'm I'm not because it really hurt me when he left. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie because I I really thought that you know I, I I really wanted him to stay. Although I never I didn't I I always knew when I was very vocal about it that it doesn't make sense that Hakimi would never just be enough. Um, and I would have rather sold Lautaro, but no one was buying. So I guess at the end of the day, you you know these are the 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 only you know the only thing you can do at the end of the day is to is to you know look at the offers you have. And if someone comes with 115 million euros, I think regardless of the financial situation Inter are in, they would have sold it. Like even if it wasn't COVID, Inter don't turn down 150 million euros. Marotta just doesn't do that. And that's why, you know, he just doesn't do that. That's not his style. Um, and, you know, we got to give it to him. You know, he, he's been right so far. Inter are far from dead and buried. They look amazing. Got to give it, give you know, give give credit where credit is due. Right. That, that's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank you, Mr. Sharma, for coming on. See you. Thank you very much for having me on. It was, uh, yeah, overdue. And, yeah, and also, and, you know, if people want to follow you, where's your, what's your social media handle and also your, your YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. If you just uh, type in Uncle Sharma, you should, I mean, alongside cricket players and, you know, <laughs> musicians, you should, my name should come up, my channel should come up about inter videos, match reactions, match reviews and things like that. And uh, R Sharms on uh, Twitter. Yeah, if you want to watch me and Rahul go at it like petulant six-year-olds, then <laughs> that's where you go. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. Now, thank you, Mike. Don't be a stranger. Oh, um, second half. Once second half of the season. Once American football is over, and I can have my weekends back. Uh, when's, work. when's the Super Bowl? Super Bowl is February, but really for me, being down here in Dallas, it's all about how far the Cowboys go. Okay. Which they could go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they will, but they could. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's hope they don't. Give me an Alex back sooner. Well, the yeah, Dolphins exactly. are horrible, so you'll get Alex back in about uh, you know a month and a half. Yeah, he said so. He said so that theoretically it's not, not going to happen because he obviously covers the Dolphins uh, in Miami. Right, and also Mr. Mohamed Nasa. Thank you, guys. A great episode and uh, great to have you back on, uh, Reverend Mike. For sure. Uh, great to have you all on. And thank you so much, we uh, for everyone, for listening. Make sure to listen, stay safe, listen to your health authorities, uh, take care of e yourselves and each other. Six points and sempre e solo Forza Inter. <laughs>